Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Dan Dickow here for Moink Meat. Moink was founded by an eighth generation farmer who was featured on Shark Tank. Host Kevin O'Leary said it's the best bacon he's ever tasted. And I tend to agree. And Jamie Simonoff, creator of the Ring Video Doorbell, invested in Moink. Why do just four companies control 80% of the U.S. meat industry? Because big food crushes the little guy. You can help change that with moinkbox.com. Why are 97% of the chicken served in the U.S. dipped in chlorine? Simple. Because big food doesn't have the same quality standards as the family farm. That's why you need moinkbox.com. The best bacon, the best steak, the best chicken, and the best salmon you'll ever eat won't come from the grocery store. You'll only find it on the family farm and caught by independent Alaska fishermen. That's why you need moinkbox.com. Join the moinkbox.com movement today. Go to moinkbox.com slash believe right now. And listeners to this show will get free bacon for a year with every box ordered. That's right, free bacon for a year. That's one of the best years ever. That's one year of the best bacon you'll ever taste, but only for a limited time. Spelled M-O-I-N-K box dot com slash believe. That's moinkbox.com slash believe. Moink meat is so delicious. It's awesome. I think you will love it too. Get Moink right now. The ISO with Dan Dickow and SB Live Sports brought to you by the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. Here's Dickow from the deep corner for three. Uh-oh, uh-oh. It's all now. Downtown Dan connects. Every morning when I'm working out, I'm listening to your podcast. Keep up the great work. I mean, I've seen Dan Dickow hit some big shots in the NCAA tournament. <laughs> I got to salute you, man. Like, I've been watching you since I was in high school, trying to mimic all your moves. Welcome to another episode of the ISO with myself, your host, Dan Dickow. For SB Live Sports, the Believe Podcast Network, conversations with experts in the field of sports. Today's an expert that I've known for quite some time. He is an analytical mind of the game of basketball. He does a tremendous job recruiting, evaluating, and coaching at Gonzaga. Brian Michelson. Brian? How goes life for you these days? Uh, not too bad, Dan. It's a uh, it's a good time of year, and it's a good time to be a Zag. It is a great time to be a Zag. You're you're a guy that we first connected as teammates. I hate to date both of ourselves because you know that puts us back in the early 2000s. Uh, although I will say you still are under the age of 40, if I'm not mistaken. You're one of ESPN's top 40 under 40 of college basketball coaches. Um, biggest change in Gonzaga that you have seen since you first stepped on campus but because uh, I can only imagine there's a ton of them uh there's there's a lot of them um you know I think 
Um, it, it's everything really. I mean, it's, it's from the academic facilities on campus to, to the campus housing, to the ACA, you know, to the athletic facilities. I mean, you and I experienced it, but uh, the Martin Center days are long gone. The, the new arena with the McCarthy Center, the Volker Center, the weight room, the locker rooms, um, it's everything. We fly charter now. I mean, that, that's been going on probably 15 years, but obviously that's a lot different than when you and I were here. Um, and, and I think it's just the growth of the brand too. I mean, I think obviously yourself and what you did here and what you helped get established and, and that group before, obviously even our group with Santangelo and Fromm and Nielsen and all those guys um, really got this thing rolling. Casey obviously needs to be included in that, but, uh, but that was a growth stage. And I think we've really made it now to, to where we are at the pinnacle of college basketball and a true national, and even in some ways an international brand versus kind of a bunch of guys from the Northwest that we're trying to grow that. I think it's there now. You kind of touched on all of the amazing facilities that Gonzaga has been able to build over the last 20 years or so. Um, I look back at the Martin Center. That was maybe the loudest building I've ever been in outside of maybe Bomberg, Germany, where Bro's Baskets plays. Uh, but that was because of fireworks and different things going on. In your mind, you've seen both gyms as loud as possible. Which one's louder? Uh, you know what's actually funny, Dan? Uh, Anthony Reason was back in Spokane this weekend. And uh, him and I were walking around here and, and we were walking through both facilities and we were talking about that. Um, the, the old kennel was something special. And those, the way those baskets would swing on the walls and, and the student body was obviously literally on the court. Um, I, I don't know. I'm with you. I don't know how many buildings I've been in that have got louder than that when, when it was rocky. Obviously, the McCarthy Center has its its own um, specialness to it. Uh, it's it's still loud. It's still sold out every single night. It's as good as home facility as there is. And then obviously, it's got kind of the the modern day amenities that that you need. You know, you look back at the Martin Center and the little old scoreboard we played on, and no video boards. And uh, you know, our bench was essentially in the in the stands. Just the, the modern amenities of the McCarthy Center obviously are necessary for today's game, but for, for sheer loudness, I'll put that old McCarthy Center. And I think back to, or I mean, sorry, the old kennel, uh, the Martin Center, you know, I, I think about that game against Pepperdine. Um, I mean, games like that are as loud as any place I've ever been. So that might have been the first game that ESPN broadcast mm -hmm. from Gonzaga's campus in Spokane. If I'm not mistaken, Jay Billis called the game. Uh, mm -hmm. it was a tremendous setting. I remember that. Yeah, very well, Sports Illustrated was here. You had an article in Sports Illustrated. I mean, it was, it was pretty cool and, and stuff that we still try not to take for granted here now, because, uh, you know, you go from, that's, that's less than 20 years ago. You're talking about the first time ever to, uh, I think it's multiple years now. We, we've had over 20 games on ESPN network. So just, uh, you know, there's another change that, that you and I were, so excited for one and these guys nowadays are getting 20 plus a year yeah well you mentioned the facilities and when you look across the landscape of college sports football and basketball it's a constant battle to have the most updated technology and the, the most updated facilities with gonzaga having what you guys have now how do you keep refreshing things to stay at that top level with facilities and the ability to offer recruits and your current players top top notch amenities. I think you touched on it there. It, it is an arms race. And I think at Gonzaga, we try to walk the fine line of you have to be involved. 
you have to have the stuff to help your guys be successful. But I think that that's where we're still trying to be a little different and, and going back to probably again, our era. Um, it's about the players and, and getting them better. Once you start going over that level and just doing frivolous stuff to do it, I don't know how much it impacts, or I, I know it doesn't impact winning or those guys getting better. And, and that's what we really still try to keep first here at Gonzaga. So we, we make sure our guys have everything that they need so that they're comfortable, so that they're improving, so that the team can be as good as possible, so that they can be as good as possible as individuals. You know, really, in, in theory, no different than it was 20 years ago. Um, but we know we're not going to out arms race, you know, some of the power five schools with big football budgets, big TV budgets. Um, but our guys have everything they need here. They got the cold tubs and the hot tubs, and obviously they have all the access to the facilities. And honestly, I think that's the, the, the still, Dan, to this day, one of the best things we have here that these other places can't is the 24-hour access to your game arena and the practice facility. Our guys have two facilities to themselves 24 hours a day. And these other arenas, they, they get rented out or yeah, you're not allowed to have a key to get in or they're not even owned by the university or you, you're not even allowed to practice in your game arena, right? Because they got this or that. Uh, I still think that the same that you had here when you were here is that access to the facilities is the greatest gift that our guys have. Yeah, access to the facilities is something that that I love. I know uh, there were many other guys that that was a determining factor to go to Gonzaga. If you mm -hmm. get done with homework and it's midnight and, and you can't fall asleep, many times guys, we would go down to the gym and get shots up. And that's something that's priceless in, in your preparation and getting you individually ready, but also as a team, knowing other guys are, are doing everything they can to improve and be ready. Some of the guys that built this uh, are still very involved in the program. You mentioned a guy, Anthony Rees, and I had a chance to run into him this past weekend as well. I haven't seen him in 20 years, but the smile that both of us had on our face and the chance to talk for, for, you know, five, 10 minutes, uh, it's almost like we had talked a, a week or two ago. What is it about Gonzaga and the, the relationship piece that is, is so special. And, and honestly, it probably brought you back in from private business to get back into coaching, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, it did. Um, and, and I think you touched on the word family or, or culture gets thrown around a lot. I think that it's real here at Gonzaga and I'd put ours up against anyone. Um, I think there, there's a lot of factors. Uh, obviously coach few deserves a, a ton of credit for that. Um, I think, um, the consistency that, that's been here with, with how long staff members, administrators, uh, the players have been here. I think part of it's the Gonzaga community, how embraced we all are and, and how many of us stay here when, when really you're talking about, you know, David Stockton, Sean Mallon and Adam Morrison being the only true locals. You know, I mean, obviously the rest of us are from this Northwest area, but we're not from Spokane. But, but we're all here now. And I think the fact that we're all here is what really makes it different. I mean, uh, like you said, you know, Anthony and I were talking, it was 2003 when he left. Um, out, outside of really Anthony, who I hadn't seen in that time frame, you're talking about the majority of those teams. And I'm fortunate enough to walk down these hallways every day and look at our team photos. It, it's unbelievable how many of us are still here. And now we're getting to a phase where our kids are getting involved in stuff together. And, and now we're seeing each other at sporting events or at school stuff. And, and I just think that that's priceless. You, you, can't, you can't replicate that elsewhere. You can't fake that. 
and then I think that passes down. You talked about the culture of work a minute ago, um, that that passes down, right? You pass that on to the next group and the Ravios and those guys pass it on to the next group and it just manifests itself and, and it's still passed on to the groups we have today. We're, we're so blessed with the quality of kids we get and, and the type of workers they are. And, and it's just, I think it's that consistency over the last, you know, probably 30 years now, almost, if you want to talk about where it really, really started, but definitely the last 20, 25. Yeah, that friendship, that relational piece, as we both touched on, has been been uh, an important part of a lot of guys' lives and careers. You had a tremendous friend in Roni Turioff, and it's been well documented that he didn't want you to go through senior night alone. And so he came back he would have had opportunities to leave early for the NBA draft, but he came back. He was part of a team that, that made a nice run in the NCAA tournament. Um, talk about your relationship with Roni and just the specialness that he has to the Gonzaga program, because he was probably really that first European player that broke through and had a tremendous career and allowed the opportunity for Tommy Lloyd and now maybe yourself to begin recruiting in Europe. Yeah, I think, you know, you, you touched on, uh, on on that, obviously, Roni's success and, and the doors that that opened internationally. And, and then you look post Roni on, on the, the success that we've had and how that's built our program. And uh, he deserves a ton of credit for that. And, uh, you know, I think the best thing you can say about Roni is for as important as that was, I think that's probably down the list of things that make him so special. Obviously, you think back to, to his energy and his outgoing personality and his positivity and and some of those things that he brought to us um, in in his time here and his time, you know, after he left. But um, Roni and I had a special bond and, and it was unique. You know, he, he was an All-American. I was a walk-on that didn't play at all. Uh, he was a kid that was moving from France. I was a guy that grew up in Portland, you know, five hours from here. So probably not a lot of similarities, um, you know, when you looked at it from the outside. But we just formed a, a special bond. I think we we. Um, you know, we had some differences that I think uh, actually helped us work well together. You know, I think I was probably a little more balanced his his highs and lows out. And I think he probably helped me, uh, you know, loosen up a little bit and have have some fun and see the positives uh, to, to what we had going here. And uh, it, again, it's, it's what makes this place so incredible is that you can have two people from different parts of the world, different roles on the team. And uh, you know, he ended up being in my wedding. Um, we still see each other whenever he comes to America, obviously went to a bunch of his NBA games. Just that relationship that can be fostered here is so unique. I want to take a moment to tell you about some exciting news for high school sports fans across the country. SB Live Sports has launched a free iPhone and Android app featuring the latest high school sports news, scores, videos, polls, photos, podcasts, player rankings, and much more. With the SB Live Sports app, it is now even easier to follow your favorite team. With real-time scores and news alerts, as well as video highlights, podcasts, photo galleries, rankings, game coverage, and much more, the app delivers all the content you want in one convenient place. The SB Live Sports app features exclusive content from on-the-ground reporters across the country and it's the number one source for Washington high school sports fans with coverage from reporters Todd Millis and Andy Bueller, me, 
Dan Dickow, SB Live's recruiting expert. The SB Live Sports app is available at no charge in the Apple App Store and Google Play Store. Download it today. The transfer portal has become kind of a a lightning rod for college athletics. Um, you know, I think the last I checked was there was over 1,600 players. There's probably not 1,600 spots for these players at the Division One level. Um, but Gonzaga's always had a tremendous amount of success with transfers. And in, in, in recent years, you have really kind of sifted through and finded the right guys for the program. When you're going through the transfer portal list and trying to find guys that fit, what do you look for? Um, you know, I think, I think the first thing, and, and you use the word, is, is fit. And that's always been important to Gonzaga. And you know that yourself coming as a transfer versus high school kids we brought versus international kids. Um, the whole gamut is it's been about fit. You know, do they fit that culture that we spoke about? Do they fit? Is there a position of need for them? You know, I think when you're bringing in a transfer, there has to be a spot that, that you see a need for what they bring. And I think that that's a big part of it is, is culturally, do they fit? Are they about the things we're about at Gonzaga, the winning, the family, the player development? And then is there that fit on the court, uh, both in terms of, of a role and also in terms of, um, you know, how they play. Do they do the things that we value at Gonzaga? There's a lot of really, really talented players, but they don't necessarily fit great with how Gonzaga plays. And those are tough, tough matches. So I think that that's the biggest thing rather than take five or six or, or just massive amounts of transfers and throw them together and hope that their talent wins out. It's about finding the right one and how they fit and um, you know, we've been really fortunate with that too, the, the level of player we've gotten, but also the, the level of kid uh, with these transfers has been even better than the quality of player. I mean, they've just been incredibly valuable to, to our team, to our locker room, everything. So Gonzaga has evolved. I'm sure the recruiting pitch has evolved. Uh, you mentioned I transferred. Uh, you were a invited walk-on. Um, you got, came back to the program early 2010-ish time frame uh, where Gonzaga was a, a great program, but it's not to the level of Final Fours and talking about preseason number one rankings. How has the recruiting pitch changed in your time being around Gonzaga? Um, I mean, you, you touched on it right there, but uh, it's changed. But again, we try not to lose what Gonzaga is. And I think that's the beauty of it is, is that we still have the core values that we had when you and I were here, but, but the, what we have on the other side that is different. You know, we've, we've been to two final fours in the last four years, two national championship games. We've had you know, 20 guys in the NBA. We've had multiple, multiple lottery picks. Now we're going to add a couple first rounders here in a couple weeks. Um, the, the style of play thing is huge. You know, multiple years now leading the country in offensive efficiency uh, points scored. Um, our offense has evolved from, from your day where you got a, a decent amount of ball screens, but that was about it to, to a team that leads the country in ball screen offense. And, and I think that those are fun ways that kids want to play. And then the, the crazy thing, I mean, for, for these kids we're recruiting now, we're the winningest program uh, in the NCAA tournament in their time. We're the winningest program overall in their life in their lifetime. We've never missed an NCAA tournament. Like all that these guys know, especially in their formative years, is Gonzaga basketball um, at the absolute pinnacle. And so I think that that's helped 
open up doors that aren't just regional. You know, you, you can get involved with um, kids from, from different parts of the country. Obviously, we've had multiple from Texas recently. We've had multiple from Minnesota recently. We've had some California. We've had a, a handful of really good players come out of Vegas up here. Um, just it's, it's opened so many more doors and, and you're a known national entity now. When you make a phone call, everyone knows who you are. You don't have to describe who or what Gonzaga is. But Tommy Lloyd was Coach Few's right-hand man for, for a number of years. Obviously, I was close with him because when when I was playing, when you were playing, he was just cutting his teeth as an assistant coach. You are now the longest tenured assistant on the staff. Um, is there any change in your role or the emphasis that you need to kind of work alongside Coach Few with? Yeah, I think I think there will be, and I think that that will come uh, organically as we work through this. I don't think it's anything where you know the day that, that Tommy left, uh, I was like, okay, this needs to happen, this needs to happen, that type of thing. Um, but like you said, I mean, I, I really think Tommy was as good as a coach, but uh, but especially assistant coaches. There's been in the country for a number of years now. Obviously, Tommy's a great friend of mine and a mentor to me, and really the one that that got me back into this. Um, and so you're not going to replace Tommy, but, but you're going to do it by committee and, and you're going to fill the roles that he had in multiple different ways and, and probably, you know, have a little bit of my own spin on it too. It's not just going to be a carbon copy, but there'll definitely be, um, you know, different roles and practices, different roles in games. Um, obviously, Tommy and I had become pretty comfortable with kind of a scouting routine of who was doing which, uh, which games, which opponents, and, and that'll mix up a little bit now. And then, you know, you've touched a lot on it in this interview is, is obviously his prowess as an international recruiter and, and kind of how that looks in the future of Gonzaga will change without him. So it's kind of one of those funny things that a lot of guys uh, who pay close attention to the program, anytime there was a close game down the stretch, Tommy would be standing deep in the baseline. Are you <laughs> are, are you going to have a, a, a nervous tick maybe that you relate to now uh, that he's gone and maybe that baseline spot is open? Uh, I think it's just going to be more eyes on me so people will notice it. But I don't know about the baseline pacing, but uh, the beauty of Tommy is he had both. He had the baseline pace in a close game, but uh, if the lead got too comfortable, he was the first one to cross his legs and lean back on the bench too. So <laughs> watching Tommy was the best way to figure out how we were doing. But uh, uh, that, that's great. Yeah. The, the legs cross when the game is comfortably out of hand uh, uh, definitely is something that, that we look for as well. And uh, he's the best. And uh, yeah, like I said, we're going to miss him dearly and he's going to be a, a huge success at Arizona. But uh, obviously we've, we've got things rolling here. We're really excited about the team we got and the staff that we have. And uh, you know, in, in, in a, we're joking about it, but in a weird way, that's kind of working through those things, right? Like, who knows in the new role, do I start pacing like Tommy, you know, and that's just stuff that's going to be figured out on, on game days. Last question before I let you go, Brian, cause I know you, you've got a lot of different things going with, with guys coming into town for summer school and workouts and whatnot. But when you look at this upcoming season, there are so many interchangeable parts. There's so many talented pieces from an assistant coach's role working alongside coach few, how long does it take for you guys to really kind of play with those pieces during the summer and preseason to really kind of put things in the way that you think best serves the team? 
Uh, each year is different is the, the easy and first answer. I actually think um, this year is probably going to take a little bit longer. You, you touched on it. The depth is remarkable. The, the versatility and interchangeable pieces is remarkable. Um, I, I think we have some nice size at, at a lot of positions and athleticism. There's tons of things to be super excited about this roster. But the one thing that is different, why I think it's going to take longer, is we're really young. Uh, you know, and, and that's, that's something that in college basketball can be hard. You know, the, the same get old, stay old is real in college basketball. Um, but you, you're really talking about, you know, Drew and Nimhard have massive experience here. Anton has some nice experience. And then after that, you, you're looking at, you know, a transfer in Bolton and five freshmen. Uh, obviously, Ben Gregg's kind of in that unique category, but, but kind of in that freshman category. And then, you know, Dom and Julian as returners, but obviously guys that, that had limited roles. So you're really talking seven, eight guys that have no experience here that we're going to have to get integrated in the Gonzaga system and how they fit and how they work with each other, um, you know, how they compete in games. I, I think a few more questions, whereas last year, maybe we didn't have that depth, but you had a pretty good feel for four or five guys that were coming back that had had some more experience. So I think that it'll probably take um, a little more time, um, but you really never know until you get out there and get on the court. And, um, you know, that's, that's one of Coach Few's greatest gifts is he just has an unbelievable ability to put guys in the right spots to, to make slight changes to what we do on both ends of the floor to fit guys' personnel. Um, and I think that's one of the really underrated things over the last 25 years that, that he's done. He's played through guards like you, He's played through bigs. Um, he's played through versatile kind of hybrid bigs like Rui and Brandon. Um, and, and it's all obviously worked incredibly well. Absolutely, Brian. I appreciate the time. I know, like I mentioned, you got lots of things going. Um, looking forward to watching the development of this team early next season and, and kind of focusing on some of those things that you just mentioned. But thanks again for your friendship and thanks for joining the ISO. No, thanks for having me, Dan. I appreciate it, man. The ISO with Dan Dickow and SB Live Sports, brought to you by the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.